0: Hey, y'all, you're listening to Diagnosing Sitcoms, and Movies, the DSM podcast. We help make mental health more comfortable by using Black movies and shows we know and love and culture to remove stigma. So join our convo with your host, Courtney Copeland, licensed mental health counselor. And Dr. B, licensed professional counselor. Sing, I'm a dude. I'm <laughs> a dude. She's a dude. He's a dude. Cause we're all dudes. Yeah! <laughs> That was my shot. <laughs> he's mad annoying. I love Ed, but he's mad annoying. Uh, no. Ed is the best. <laughs> so I love him. if y'all can't tell, we are going to be talking about the 1997 comedy film Good Burger starring Kel Mitchell and Kenan Thompson. Based on a comedy sketch, <laughs> good burger from the Nickelodeon series, or that produced by Nickelodeon Movies and Tyler and Robert's Productions, which is the name that you would see across the screen when Ko used to. Oh no, Keena used to say, "Hey, clavis wake up! The show's on!" Oh yeah, kick it. Oh, I'm a nerd. These things excite <laughs> me. <laughs> So for, I guess you gave then the, the I'm a dude as the first one. I'll give my next quotable. Um, and I think it should fix any of the world's, you know, lows, anytime that you're feeling bad, just think of, I'm great boy. Boobity, 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 Stop <why you> it, <inaudible> <laughs> that and Strawberry Jacuzzi! No. <laughs> Why is he always in some liquid he's not supposed to be in? <laughs> that Bob braided wig. Whose idea was that? <laughs> so it was actually Kell's. So he <laughs> he had the character and everything, but he was like, ah, I feel like something is missing something. So he said he went into like hair and makeup, found the wig, and was like, yep this is it. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> that's character development ladies and gentlemen (laughs) wow wow perfect it was a perfect touch absolutely so I think my my quotable another one that I have is like kind of it's supposed to be like the sad moment where they're bonding Dexter and and Ed are bonding and he's like Dexter's like I don't even know what my dad looks like (laughs) and then Ed is like I don't remember what my dad looks like either but at least I get to see him day. (laughs) Why? Look at him, Mike. <laughs> <laughs> Why is he so annoying? That actually it's goes so into funny. my diagnosis for later. So I want you to hold on to that. <laughs> I love him. It's like he's like one of those friends that should just be like, What? Are you lucky. Don't he ignore him. Please, please, <laughs> right? please. No one look at him. No, when Dexter gives him the contract and he's like reading it over, he's like, oh. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Oh, oh, yeah, mm, mm, mm. I know some of these words. Yeah. So what does it all mean, Dexter? <laughs> yo, he had me in tears, yo. He was like, Dexter's a chicken. Moo, no, moo." No. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> he's just so like. <laughs> he's so funny to me. Like, annoying, but funny. It was just the perfect character. I loved watching them as, ki- as a kid. Like, oh, oh my God. That's what it no, felt like I loved- to be a 90s kid. Yes, Nickelodeon was awesome, and they had. <sighs> Yes. All of the good movies and remember their VHS cassettes used to be orange? orange I had yes. orange tapes. <laughs> um, I still want to know what slime tastes like. Uh. <laughs> what it tastes like? You're not supposed to eat it. <laughs> when people had the slime dumped on them and it got in their mouth, I wondered what does slime taste like? And in my mind, it tastes like green apple. Can someone please confirm if you've ever been slimed, let me know is slime edible? I would hope so people can swim in it and get it dumped on them. Okay. <laughs> um <laughs> I also just wanted to highlight the comedic timing of Keenan and like I think some of his ad-libs are hilarious. Like, there's no way that some of the stuff that he was just throwing out was in the script. Like, when they are getting taken off to Demented Hills and, <laughs> and they push him in the room and he's like, You'll never be half the man your mama was. <laughs> 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 Yo, he was giving out bad, just little, little stuff. So I appreciate his, his committed time and just throwing them in there <laughs> a little razzle dazzle. <laughs> so, um, Good Burger, I I just can't say enough good stuff about this movie. Like, it has a really low score on Rotten Tomatoes, and I don't understand why. Like, this movie was amazing. It was made for children. Like, I feel like that should be at the forefront of every critic and reviewer's mind, It's and only kids that should review it. It was a great movie. It was great. It was. <laughs> it was. And I think, again, I think if you're an adult watching this movie, it's like, okay, Ed is so annoying with his, like, just stupidity. It's like... <laughs> why did they have to make him this dumb? But I think if you're looking at it from a different perspective, it's like it's it's a movie that that is teaching a lesson about responsibility, about friendship, about what it means to work hard. To me, I felt like if you look at the whole bigger picture, not just like Ed as <laughs> the the character, um, you'll see why that this was like such a great movie. And then it's like fucking Nickelodeon. How can you say fucking and Nickelodeon in the same sentence? I don't know, but I just did it twice. <laughs> <laughs> you did that. Did that. <laughs> but yes, I I I love Good Burger. It brings back a really good memory. Makes me very happy. Um, especially watching it again as an adult. And then being able to diagnose, which also brought a different perspective. Again. <laughs> <laughs> I, am, I was very torn on a couple of the characters because looking at them as a child, I'm just like, you make snap judgments and decisions and then your, your brain wraps around that and you just keep going and laugh. And this mm-hmm. time I was like, uh, let me think about that for a second. And then I thought about all of the social commentary of the fact that they was only making $5 an hour and how... It, um, you can't go don't go to big businesses because it puts out mom and pop shops but at the same time they're paying minimum wage and how you can't make a living off that dexter still probably paying off that dog home car right now <laughs> if special sauce ain't selling Seriously. <laughs> And then just uh, so many larger systems. And then the fact that Kurt yeah. was able to manipulate and had so much pull. I was like, is his father a governor? How is he able to make these evil things happen? What oh, manager of a-, a burger place <laughs> do you know can get somebody involuntarily commit? Three people involuntarily committed, has access to rat poison and triampathal you well, got to okay. have some type of legal connection for that. Like, yeah. Now that you put that out there, cause like, I just, yeah, I just rolled along with it. I didn't realize like they actually were committed. And that was like the best scene for me, actually, as one of my favorites. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Where did that scene come from? Like, how did they, okay. So y'all just in a mental asylum necessary. and then we have to have a musical number. <laughs> hey, I love it. And it was perfect. Made me want to be crazy. Because I was like, that's what they do there. <laughs> you hate me? Okay. <laughs> yes, because I actually thought it was very dark. It, it, it is a horrible depiction of institutionalization. And I'm glad that it stopped. <laughs> <laughs> first of all, this is the first time you've ever said a movie is dark. And then it's not a all the stuff that we've ever diagnosed, you're like, this is my favorite movie, really? Voice in the Hood. I watched this as a kid. <laughs> oh. Yes, because this movie was made for children. Why are you t- showing? <laughs> there were reasons, there were valid reasons why between 55 and 94, hundreds of thousands of people were deinstitutionalized. Like there were terrible things that were happening there. People were being killed and murdered, abused, tortured. <laughs> there were uh, unethical uses of, of treatment methods and mind altering drugs. Research. And <laughs> <laughs> huh. Jeez, man. Why did you have to t- <laughs> do that? we could go into diagnosis here as well because it relates because heather introduces herself as a psychopath where psycho um psycho i guess it's psychopathy psycho i guess (laughs) <laughs> but it's no longer recognized in the DSM. And actually, the true definition of a psychopath in psychiatry would be antisocial personality disorder. But Heather also shares <laughs> that the voices in her brain told her to free the kangaroos, which made me feel like, okay, well, Heather must be misdiagnosed because that and some of the things that she's showing, I feel like more aligned with schizophrenia. And so wait, she wait. was misdiagnosed and put in an asylum. Did Kurt put her there too? <laughs> he he used did. to work at the zoo, and after she <laughs> freed the cage, he had her put there. You know that in the there's a brief psychotic disorder, and there's other other psychotic disorder. Like yeah, like that's what it's under: substance and then psychotic disorder due to medical. So, yeah, yes. it's still there. But her diminished emotional expression had me feeling like schizophrenia, her derailment of con- conversation yeah. and um, disorganized behavior. So I was like, eh, I'm feeling like more like schizophrenia. Of course, I would need more, you know, than just what we got. But just the things that she was given weren't antisocial personality disorder. <laughs> That's true. That's true. Okay. So, okay. So, okay, on a serious note, You feel like the mental asylum stigmatized mental health. I feel like it wasn't the the sole thing, like good burgers what did it, but (laughs) it did reinforce negative stereotypes that people have about, um, which would, I guess more so today be psychiatric hospitals and Mm -hmm. just mental health in general. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I, I get it. It's time for your pills. Like you did. Come on now. in <laughs> the big burly orderlies, they had them in straight jackets. <laughs> okay, I'm sorry I'm ruining your childhood fancy of fantasy of going to a padded room bouncing off the walls and then dancing to George Clinton. If please don't let this keep you from wanting to live out that dream. Hater. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever, whatever. Moving along. (laughs) But shout out to them uh, having George Clinton make random cameo in the movie. I think that was dope. Right? Culture. (laughs) Okay, so can I bounce a fake diagnosis? Not a fake diagnosis. Just he didn't really have a diagnosis. Can I bounce that off of you? (laughs) Okay, who? Okay, so Mr. Wheat, Sinbad. (sighs) <sighs> I didn't think that for me either. <laughs> what what, was your, what were your thoughts? Okay, so I was like, there's some type of delusion going on here where you still feel like you're in the 70s. Now, there is a trope, <laughs> a character trope that existed in the 90s in a lot of Black sitcoms. We see it in the Steve Harvey show with, with his group. We see it in the Wayans Brothers when the Temptones come back together where the person who gets high is still stuck in the 70s. So I was like, hmm, I wonder if he fits into that trope of you high, bruh, so you still think that you in the 70s. Oh. They don't drug test public school uh, personnel. (laughs) Because if you think about it, he says some stuff where I was like, this dude is high. Like, everybody is running for their lives out of Mondo Burger. And he says, "Hmm, must be a shift change. Dude, a shift change. These people are ready for their life. <laughs> I guess you have a point. <laughs> <I mean. laughs> I'm going to Mondo Burger, home of the big booty burger. I'm going to have lunch at Mondo Burger, home of the big booty burger. Home of the big booty burger. <laughs> <laughs> a big booty instead of saying big ass. It's <laughs> the big booty big burger. Big little kid song kid. <laughs> what was this rated PG? I think this is rated PG, right? It had to be. I think no. Did uh, Otis? He said ass. Like uh, when he got knocked on the ground, and he was like, uh, "You gotta take me to a hospital." I think I broke my ass. <laughs> oh, okay. Wow. So maybe there was a, a, a one ass maximum, and Otis hit it. <laughs> You know, actually, they do count the number of curse words, and that's how they determine the ratings. <laughs> but doesn't curse, like, he doesn't curse in his comedy period, so he was going to say Big Booty Burger anyway. Oh, yeah. True, true, true. Okay. Got it. <laughs> okay, okay, so, and then, in my mind, he had substance-induced psychotic disorder, for his delusion was that he was still stuck in seventy. <laughs> <gasps> God, I could a lot of stuff daughter? up. I'm making a lot That's of things hard. up, but <laughs> he got angry about his car though. I mean, if a giant burger crushed your only mode of transportation, when that man said, I hate to put a black man in jail, but I got to call the police. <laughs> <laughs> it's sounded like some shit we would probably say, listen, okay, you the fucked with the wrong person today. And I'm not the old me. I'm calling the police. <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully. It it's everything I believe in, but I'm calling the police. <laughs> I can't handle this right now. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> okay, so I guess then um, moving on, we've done Heather, we've done Mr. Wheat. I diagnosed uh, Roxanne, who was played by Carmen Electra at the height of her Carmen Electra-ness. I diagnosed her with histrionic personality disorder. No. how did I know <laughs> <laughs> she fit almost every criteria okay for the sake of the, uh, the show let the people know what histrionic disorder is yes so histrionic disorder the criteria that I felt that she met was in uh, being uncomfortable in situations in which he or she is not the center of attention <laughs> she was making sure hey bring it back here at focus. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, Interaction with others is often characterized by inappropriate, sexually seductive, or provocative behavior. She said she would do anything (laughs) for (laughs) the recipe to his sauce. (laughs) (laughs) Consistently uses physical appearance to draw attention to self. So clearly this is something that she must normally do because (laughs) Kurt specifically sought out her. He said, anyone can get the sauce out of Ed. She can which was that supposed to be a nasty joke? It is. <laughs> it is why Roxanne had to be the sexy, sleazy girl name. Like, why? Why? Who did it? Who was what, what song? Then was they it? played the song Roxanne, which is about whores in Amsterdam. While she <laughs> yes. was walking in, it's disrespectful. I love the name Roxanne. Makes me think Roxanne selling I want to be your man. That's the only time. It was at least normalized, but fuck. Roxanne in a goofy movie. Roxanne in a goofy movie was bad. That's the baddest cartoon character out. Exactly, but she was very voluptuous and was to go towards- But she wasn't a whore. (laughs) But she was not a whore. (laughs) Of being a Jezebel. How about that? (laughs) How about that? okay so let me keep going through the criteria um consistently we say consistently uses physical appearance to draw attention um Mm -hmm. shows self-dramatization theatricality and exaggerated expression of emotion she was very exaggerated especially when she first (laughs) walked into good burger (laughs) And, and considers relationships to be more intimate than they actually are she really thought it was cared anything about what she had going on and he did not. And when she tried to kiss him and he body slammed her so quick. (laughs) He said, "Uh (laughs) uh-oh. Well, all I see is the bridge, child. (laughs) She had to go tell Kurt, I quit. I can't do this no more. (laughs) She put he put Roxanne out of business. <laughs> He's said, like, I can't do this no more. <laughs> she ain't get an ass whooped. <laughs> that John tried to kill me. <laughs> her pimp name was not slipped back. <laughs> she wasn't ready. <laughs> uh, ah. Man, terrible, crucial times. Mm. <laughs> that shouldn't have been that funny. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, speaking of Kurt, (laughs) I bounced back and forth with him, too, because Kurt was evil. Kurt had extremely, like, an unrealistic pull for him to just own a burger shop. You know what I mean? That was real weird that he could make all them things happen and had all that access. Um, Okay, so I ended up with narcissistic but only after visiting antisocial personality because he was doing so many things that were illegal. And so, (laughs) so yes, but I did eventually come back and lay on (laughs) narcissistic personality for Kurt. Because when you mess with Kurt, you go in the grinder. (laughs) (laughs) He was so annoying too, in a negative way. Okay, so you agreed that Kurt was narcissistic. Would you like for me to go over the criteria for you? Yes, please. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Okay, so Kurt pretty much had all of these. He had a grandiose (laughs) sense of self-importance, expecting to be recognized as superior without any real like, justifiable achievements. Preoccupied with fantasies of unlimited success and power believe that he or she is special and unique and can only be understood by or associate with other special or high-status people, requires excessive admiration, has a sense of entitlement, is interpersonally exploitive, lacks empathy, shows arrogant, haughty behaviors or attitudes, and is either envious of others or believes that those are envious of him. I mean, yeah, that's... He should just have his name. I mean, face next to... (laughs) next to the word narcissist and then I mean his haircut just oh. <laughs> he had a punchable face Nickelodeon did have uh, like things with old actors sometimes playing young and I feel like Kurt Kurt had to be a good 37 had to be because mm, he aged be. like cheap cheese he did not look young at all <laughs> not cheap cheese <geez. laughs> He so, just said, I bet Kurt looked weird naked. He talked about Kurt is your mother and your father. First of all, Kurt talked about Kurt in third person. Okay, that's number, problem number one. I mean, that's obvious. <laughs> and then two, like, what you mean? You are gonna be my mother and my father and my family. Like, you're, At this what? part-time burger job. <laughs> what? <laughs> and bye. I, you know, but that was funny though. Like, because my first job was working at McDonald's and... I don't know, like managers really be filling themselves to that point, like they be like, "You gonna do, do okay?" Like you, you like, um, it's just McDonald. They be like, "What?" They be you're like, gonna "What?" You gonna do it, <laughs> <laughs> I'ma write you up. <laughs> and you're like, "Okay." <laughs> I do feel like some people really do be feeling themselves in those positions, and I think that was also like kind of. They added on for the sake of just being Nickelodeon to this mm-hmm. idea, especially when you're a teenager, and mm. you get a little bit, uh, you'd be like, "Oh, yeah." <laughs> <"Ooh." laughs> so, okay, if I saw you outside, I'd push you in your face. You like you're my boss. <laughs> Listeners, don't ever tell us a manager that you're going to punch them in the face, though, because you'll get fired. It's what yeah, ended my on. career at Target. <laughs> 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 it's a true story. I was a playman, employee of the month and everything, and then I lost it all. Told the intern manager she wasn't even our regular manager. She came down from Raleigh. <laughs> if I see her today, I really will punch her in the face. <laughs> yeah. the so, bitch gotta be fired. <laughs> she, was, she was a temporary so she wasn't uh, even our store manager. But I know her when I yeah yeah each time I go to Raleigh I be looking in the targets peeking for her like I will get it popping in one of these aisles if I see her with that blonde curly perm she had a blonde curly perm like yeah whichever one y'all see me jump on that's her like okay anyway back to the movie um (laughs) I'm not about that life anymore I am a (laughs) tax-paying citizen um I have a podcast okay so but Kurt. <clears throat> she did, Kurt I did, I did didn't that. even want nobody talking while he was talking. Who said who, who said that? Who uttered while Kurt was talking? Ooh. I just you ever have, have characters you want to fight? <laughs> <laughs> I just want to fight them. <laughs> just does. In real life, I wouldn't even fight him. I would I would get fired just like Keenan did, because I would be laughing. Like that would be funny to me. If you mess with Kurt, Dude. you go in the grinder. I'd have said <laughs> We don't even have a grinder, Kurt. <laughs> But didn't they go? Uh Was that what that that what that was that was stirring that fake meat? Yeah. They wouldn't do I that. I mean, he is already selling triumphant might as well sell a little human meat. He don't care. He lacks empathy Dead. because he's it a narcissist. Even, it didn't even look good. <laughs> so moving on. I did not diagnose. I know this may surprise you. I did not diagnose Dexter. I felt like like just like Monique said, he was just self-centered and obnoxious. And I feel like yes. he is he is a poster child of why you shouldn't spoil your children because they become entitled brats who can't mm-hmm. understand the feelings and thoughts of others and get into that teenage mind of self-preservation and so they just do whatever to take care of themselves because their brain isn't fully developed past thinking about themselves right exactly and that's why i felt like it was hard to try to it because i was like that was me i wasn't entitled <laughs> I wouldn't say I would have had a sense of entitlement, but it was more so like you know, just young I dumb stuff. He was making yeah. young dumb decisions. I did something was like, oh, well, "Sorry that that hurts you." <laughs> it's all <laughs> about my business. <laughs> oh, sorry, you know, like but now I really like I am like, oh my god, how can I do something? What can I do? Back then I was such a fucking asshole. God. And then even more than just him being me, he just felt like he could do whatever he wanted to do. Like he was sleeping in class. True. <laughs> he took his mom's car. Didn't, it wasn't even close to having a license. He used Ed. That's the worst thing he did in See, my yeah. Right, right. I was. I really tried not to be that type of person. I, I'm like, I'm like, I really was never that person, but I don't know. I don't, I don't think I've ever made someone sign a contract that I would get 70% of their money. Right. Right. Yeah, so no, I never would do anything like that. <laughs> I don't know what you were doing at your, your teenage age. <laughs> I don't think I ever made a, someone sign Is a contract. I, I was working at Jamaican restaurants at Donna's in, in Florida. <laughs> okay, ooh, okay. We did get a lot of backstory on Dexter, though. And so we, we got to see um, him with his father not having that relationship anymore and Mm -hmm. it sounds like his mom tried to make up by just working and providing him with things and then that's why he just felt like it was okay to do whatever he wanted to do Mm -hmm. hurt people hurt people hopefully once he gets older he realizes (laughs) that this lesson that he learned here with ed teaches him not to be a user so what would your prognosis be for dexter I feel that, actually, I would have a really good prognosis for Dexter because I feel like um, just him, the relationship, the friendship that he was able to build with Ed and being more understanding and learning empathy and showing empathy to somebody else and the fact that he gave Mr. Wheat the money. Because mm. he could have just been like, well, you don't need this no more. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> but he still gave him booze. Like, up, oh, well, here you go. Here's the half that I owe. Have the other half at the end of the summer. <laughs> okay, I don't know. I'm gonna what make good gonna do? on my promise. I don't know uh, what you're gonna drive <laughs> or how this is right. gonna help, but I'm gonna do good on what it is that I have to do. That's and so I do have a good prognosis for him. The um, him trying to, him not pouting when Monique was like. You are being shiesty. I found the contract. Mm-hmm. Like him not trying to continue to lie his way out of that, and him not like being ugly then to retire and be like, "Well, fuck you too, then, bitch," because you know, you know, teenagers they can't. That they wouldn't have, have so been much. that wouldn't have been very Nickelodeon ish of them, right? And so, you know, given the script that we have, I feel like I have <laughs> a good prognosis for him because it ended on such a positive outlook. Uh, right. Right but when Ed said he said we can't be partners no more it says, is it because I'm black <laughs> I died but the, I appreciate yes. this movie so much because that is the only <laughs> reference that they make to them being black I love it when they have movies about mm-hmm. black characters where the whole thing just isn't about them being black like they mm-hmm. are black and they're doing stuff like they're living yeah. life. So I was so happy. I just love. I just love this movie. I can't. There's nothing negative that I have to say about the entire film, and yeah. I, you won't make me. <laughs> I mean, other than the mental asylum. Clearly, yeah, that was the only. Yeah, that wasn't. It wasn't their fault. They didn't write that. But yes, I agree. But this it was dark. Like... It was dark. That's a dark depiction. Oh. You're showing people involuntary commitment in a children's movie. Compliment. Okay, okay, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Maybe I do have some <laughs> negative things to say about this movie. It's there, it always happens. I'm telling you, it happens. But anyway, I just feel like this is a good movie. And it's nice to see, like you said, like two of the black, like main characters, you know, being just regular, no, okay. Ed, Ed wasn't quite regular. <laughs> I was gonna say regular kids. He wasn't quite regular. <laughs> People with disabilities are still regular. <laughs> <Uh-oh>. Indeed, indeed. <laughs> Damn it! <laughs> Damn. <laughs> Fine. Okay, he was. He was. Um... <laughs> Let's. Okay. So, what did you diagnose him with? <laughs> what are we saying that his disability is? Um, I did general developmental delay because he didn't start talking until he was six. Facts. (laughs) Then I was six. This is when I said my first words. (laughs) We just glazed over there. like, wait a minute. Pause that. He said six. Right. Right. (laughs) Like, what? (laughs) Excuse me? (laughs) You just, that's. One two three four five. Six. <laughs> I can't. I can't. Like six <laughs> months, maybe. <laughs> I don't know. So mm, that's that's it for me. Wait, hold on. Let me let me pull that up so y'all can know what that what that entails. Where is it? Did you look in the front first? Uh, where is it? Did I say general? I said general. That's why. De- okay. General developmental delay. Did you make up something? Because there's global but, developmental delay. Hey, I just made up something is about to stick. <laughs> so apparently I made up my own diagnosis. So <laughs> definitely not general developmental delay. That's why I couldn't find it. Um, so <laughs> I'm going to continue to look and and read and see, but I would love to know how did you come up with a diagnosis for Ed? Uh, I bounced back and forth. Uh, I was real torn between this one to the point where I had to uh, send a text message to one of my school psychology classmates and say, hey, girl, uh, you remember the movie Goodbacker? So (laughs) the two that I was (laughs) stuck between (laughs) was um, intellectual disability, Mm -hmm. mild for him, and um him being on autism spectrum disorder and so eventually i kind of landed on autism spectrum disorder because of some just there's a list of things where he meets the criteria i'll just go through a couple okay (laughs) so um deficits in developing maintaining and understanding relationships and so i put that to his difficulty with normally making friends and so when Dexter did call him buddy he was so excited like you, you you mean it you said we're buddies so we're friends right and like so that meant a lot to him because that is something that can be difficult for people who are on the spectrum to do um non communication behaviors uh <laughs> are areas with deficit as well um understanding body language and use of gestures and I felt that he didn't lack expression, but sometimes he didn't understand other people's expression towards him. <laughs> and so it could either be motor movements or speech, and I chose speech, and I used... <laughs> Welcome to Good Burger, home of the Good Burger. Can I take your order, huh? <laughs> <Woo>! <laughs> That's like it's, the best line ever. Yes, but it's also him repetitive. It, and uh, it goes with the, I always miss this word, so pray for me. The echolalia echo echo a however that word is oh yeah, that yeah, word yeah. okay uh-huh. mm-hmm. that yeah, and yeah. so i attribute that to put his um welcome to good burger and his insistence on sameness adherence to roti- ro- ro- to routines and ritualized patterns of behavior and so like he even says like good burger is my life we see his house. He has stuff about Good Burger and burgers on the wall. He mm-hmm. sleeps in his Good Burger uniform. He showers in his Good Burger uniform. And uh, then wears his Good great. Burger uniform on dates. Cause he puts a tie on when it's a date cause it's a special occasion. But everything else is still the Good Burger uniform. And it's highly restricted, fixated, with an abnormal intensity or focus. And so just the way that he poured himself into everything, good burger, I felt like represented that as well. And some of his um, taking everything literally. So when the guy comes in and is like, I asked for a burger with nothing on it. He's like, dude, that's what I gave you. And he said, no, <laughs> this is a bun. <laughs> and so In his defense those, though, I mean, why would you say nothing on it? Like He said burger with nothing on it. So wouldn't you get the patty? Even if you didn't get the bun, wouldn't you get no the patty? I mean, Excuse can't. me. Look, I ordered one good burger with nothing on it. And That's what I gave you. No, you gave me a bun. Just a bun. Look, there's no meat in here. But you said you wanted nothing on it. That's <laughs> what I expected, a meat patty. Dude, a meat patty is something. You said nothing. I would be the, the asshole to get just a bun. Because you said nothing on it. So I give you nothing on it. I win. And so uh, while I felt that there was more um, information that we would need and things like that, while we do have history of him not speaking words until he was six, (laughs) we don't know his full childhood history and development milestones so I couldn't give him a full-on intellectual disability because I didn't know he could potentially qualify just off of some of the things he is exhibiting though but since we don't have a full assessment of that I didn't want to diagnose that but it is heavily prevalent that there is comorbidity between autism spectrum disorder and intellectual impairment. And so we could, you know, leave that for further questioning, further assessment on whether his um, autism spectrum is with or without accompanying intellectual impairment. Wow. Wow. Okay. Well, (laughs) (laughs) after realizing I made up my own diagnosis, (laughs) um, (laughs) because what it was, it was global developmental delay. Some reason I wrote down general developmental delay. They both start with a G. Right, right. So this diagnosis is reserved for individuals under the age of five when the clinical severity level cannot be reliably assessed during childhood. So, and you know, I have this highlighted. I have this highlighted in my DSM. I do. And so I don't, I don't understand. So it's actually supposed to be the diagnosis <laughs> under, but for some reason I still wrote down the wrong diagnosis. So the proper one is unspecified intellectual disability or intellectual developmental disorder. And this category is reserved for individuals over the age of five, when assessment of the degree of intellectual disability by means of locally available procedures is rendered difficult or impossible so i said that because i know that we don't have a lot of information but now that you broke down some of the things that he like does and you know i guess it wouldn't be hard no i no i feel like i went back and forth between intellectual impairment and autism spectrum like back and forth back and forth back and forth if i hadn't gotten confirmation from consulting (laughs) with a a fellow professional i would still be torn between the two and we would spend way more time dissecting this but (laughs) all right well that that's just my two cents i just wanted to give you so then those are the two we can make a formal statement that those are the two that we are in between and we feel like we need further assessment in order to clarify which one we would diagnose this specific character with because we are lacking some information yeah decision right and my prognosis with, with working with him I think I would go with, with I mean. <laughs> Could you imagine Ed as a client? Cha <laughs> I kick him out after 30 minutes. Not even 30, 20. Be like, get out of it. Just get out. I would get too, because I'd be like, really, there's nothing wrong with you, Ed. You just... Get me. out. And just kind you got of a job. It. Like you got familial support, you got friends <laughs> now. You could, <good>, bro. <laughs> I worried about his memory. Okay, because he can't remember what his dad looks like. <laughs> oh, that's what I wanted to say. Facial recognition, and so sometimes mm-hmm. uh, individuals with autism do have difficulty with fac- facial recognition, and that was one of the deciding factors that helped me lean more towards autism. But, you know, what hurts my feelings about that is, like, he had to be this, like, funny, goofy, awkward person. And then his diagnosis is autism. But I feel like it's on a spectrum. And so I feel like that Mm -hmm. I'm not saying that he is severe. I feel like and and Mm -hmm. I feel like ever since they made the separation between Asperger's and Mm -hmm. autism and then just placed everything on a spectrum, people hear it as just one thing and they automatically assume that oh so it has to be fully the worst he's basically like as far there's like mm-hmm. Chris Rock and Rain Man, and there's no in between. Like, <laughs> and I feel like that's not the case. It does right. exist on a spectrum. Like, even Ed said at the end of the movie, like I'm not stupid. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> he knows that you know things are a little off, but he's not dumb. Like, he can. And again, which is why it would push me more towards uh, autism. Like, he was able to um make a full, a full, fully developed plan. He was able to see no, the consequences of what it was that he to. would do. Sure, see, I knew if I took the can, there was a good chance I'd get caught, huh? Then I thought, even if I did take the triumphal thought to the proper authorities, huh, Kurt would hire some high-powered attorneys who would dispute any charges brought against him or Mondo Burger by manipulating the legal system. And the way that America's court system is congested these days, it would have taken months to convict him of anything. So then I thought, I'll take the matters into my own hands and just pour the triampathal into the meat supply and let Mondo Burger be a victim of its own foul play. (laughs) Uh, Wait, 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 wait. You thought of all that? Uh, Sure, I'm not stupid. (laughs) <laughs> right oh, okay. Uh, okay. that's actually a good plan <laughs> but whose plan was it to get dressed in ladies clothes hmm that was Kenan's plan or I'm sorry that was Dexter's plan Ed just fully committed and also wore lingerie which okay when I was a kid <laughs> was really funny yes it's funny <laughs> it okay. is But he's a teenage boy, and y'all putting him in lingerie. Like, that's a boy. And y'all got him in women's lingerie. You're talking about like Kale at that age? Yes. Kale at that age was a boy. And they dressed him up in women's lingerie. Not, I wouldn't say, I wouldn't go as far as they. Maybe he, he said he'll do it. Of course he said he'll do it. That's he at work. I'm just saying, the writers. I don't uh-uh. think they thought that all the way through. They just went for the cheap laugh. Well, I think maybe he might have put that in there without them even noticing, and being like, "Oh, that's funny. We can keep it in there." <laughs> You're not buying it. Cool. You don't believe cool. that shit. <laughs> yeah, it is kind of awkward. You're right. Okay, but you know, again, neither here nor there. Um, <laughs> but him, him having that, um processing ability i do feel like he sees the world very differently than others but i do feel like he was able to um formulate an entire plan and follow through with it and different things like that and so he was high function enough to work at good burger for five years that is true that is true okay i mean well we got good prognosis he don't have to come to my my office no more. Yeah, I don't feel like he... Because he, I feel like he does not need a substantial amount of support. So I feel like he... At least from what we can tell. Yes. And then what brings me to further question, this is the question that I left from after watching this movie. Did Ed really understand that Dexter was taking his money and was just okay with it because he was so desperate to be Dexter's friend? I think that is also part of, of the the story too you know like because he was he wanted a friend so bad that he was willing to help him even if it meant him taking his check so yeah I do feel like he knew I do feel like he knew and could could be he was okay without it I mean he didn't have a lot you know yeah so, he was happy okay. making the five dollars <laughs> yeah, like, okay. really I make five <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> I think I do I agree with that and that's why Dexter wanted to c- cut up the contract, you know, yeah. because he's like, he just wants to be my friend, like for real, so. not because I'm black. <laughs> <laughs> but again, I think that that is a testament to both of their good prognosis and them growing to be healthy functioning adults. Yeah, yeah. This is such as a healthy as an egg could be. Yeah, <laughs> yes. as I love as. it, and to keep you on that high, so. You know, I'm a nerd. I got to do my little research. Mm-hmm. Now, on March 5th, 2018, Kale said that there were talks on a Good Burger 2. And yeah. in yeah. December, him uh-huh. and Keenan said that they would be open for a sequel, if not just a reboot. I would be more interested in a reboot with the kid from Coffee and Cream. He's so funny to me. Instead of a sequel, because sequels, just never usually come out the way they're supposed to. And Nickelodeon hasn't had a movie come out in how long? Or what was the last Nickelodeon movie? that came out? That's a good question. I don't know the answer to (laughs) Right. Exactly. Exactly my point. Disney, however, can do uh, reboots. Well, reboots and Girl, you're going to stop bringing up Disney on every episode. That was me throwing my DSM if you couldn't hear it. Well, damn. I'm just trying to make a point. (laughs) <laughs> you know how i feel about disney we have a love-hate relationship and you can't keep bringing them up and they're problematic <laughs> on movies that are so near and dear to my heart i can't keep going through this ma'am you're triggering okay. me <laughs> okay i hear you i am sorry for triggering you <laughs> I just don't think that Nick Lillowin could do this. Nick <laughs> Um, I think if they allow Keenan and Kale to really have um a stronger hold over it and them determine the direction that they go with it, I think it would do very well because the boys can write. That they can yeah. do. They're great actors. They're great performers. And I don't, they don't, try to push themselves into roles that aren't for them anymore like even with the reboot of um, all that and them coming back for the different things that Nickelodeon was doing they still put themselves in adult roles and so I think that they are smarter and have strong enough comedic brains that they would do it right just because it was so much of their childhood and they know what it means to other people as well Mm -hmm. I think they would do they would they would do they would do it right and if they don't if it if it wasn't looking like it was going the right way I think that they would step away from the table because they both have enough going on where they don't need to do a good burger or two or reboot. That's true. Oh my god, I did meet Kell at the University of Iowa. I took a picture with him. He did a stand up there. You're like- passed out. <laughs> I'd have passed out like the girl on five heartbeats. Out of the it was like right there. I was like, oh my gosh, this is so cool. I like, when I was like cheesing and looking into the selfie, I was like, look at his gap. <laughs> it's a person. Okay, anyway. No, um, I don't love him now, but the the level of love that I have for him as a child. Oh my God. Yeah, like it was so different. You know, it, it was like definitely not the, the child of Kel. And I was like, hmm, this is rather lame. Word. What's the word am I looking for? It was like anticlimactic. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. Need better emotional words. So yeah, it it was like kind of dry. Like it was like it was good comedy, you know. And then it was just nice to see a nice celebrity on campus. And it was like okay, hey, I'm done. The event I believe was like maybe either five dollars or free. Can't one or two that goes to say not i don't to say know if that it's... kale is not worth a, a you know a great you know whatever but right. i'm sure stand yeah. up is something that he's developing because him both him yeah. and keenan are comedic actors right so I know them for stand up i know he's them for stand comedic up. acting yeah so i was like mm, you're here. standing up <laughs> oh my god okay so <laughs> on that note <laughs> If you would like to support the show to help us get more content out to you all, you can visit our website, (laughs) buy our merch, or follow the support the show link to become a Patreon member or donate on our Cash App. Now we're happy to get the kind of money that jingles, but we would rather the kind that folds. As always, be sure to follow us on Instagram at the DSM podcast, and you can subscribe to our show wherever you get podcasts. While you're there, go ahead and leave us a comment because we are counselors and actually care about what you have to say. Until next time, y'all, peace. Okay, bye.